This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is the Real Estate Hour on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, Bob Lane. I got, I got, I got, I got. Hello, listeners. For those who aren't paying attention lately, that's the lead into Creed Two, new movie being filmed in Philadelphia, or having been filmed in Philadelphia, and you'll find out why that's our lead in today in just a couple of moments. But first, let me welcome you to the Real Estate Hour here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Bob Lane. I'm an adjunct professor teaching real estate law and transactions at the Wharton School by night. In my day job, I'm a practicing commercial real estate lawyer as a partner at the law firm of Stevens and Lee. We're live at noon Eastern every Friday, followed by Behind the Markets at 1 p.m. Eastern. As always, you can access past shows via our on-demand feature. If you're listening between 12 noon and 1 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, June 22nd, we're here in the studio for your live questions and comments, so please call us at one 844 wharton that's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If you're listening on any other day or time, please email your questions and comments to businessradio at SiriusXM.com. I'll be happy to address them on my next show or by email. So again, if you have a question during today's discussion or you want to share a comment, please call us at one eight four four Wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at bizradio one eleven. So, a little bit of a hint from the lead-in from uh, uh, Creed is our guest today is Sharon Pinkinson. Sharon's the executive director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office and some related programs. Uh, Sharon, uh, the Film Office represents the five-county region of Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Montgomery, and Philadelphia here in southeastern Pennsylvania. But we're going to learn a lot about film, filming, location, 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 is what they say in the film industry. And as all my listeners know, that's the mantra for real estate, location, location, location. So we're going to connect all of that. Sharon is a goddess here in Philadelphia region. She's blushing when I, uh, when I say that, <laughs> but it's true. She's been awarded and honored more times than I can count. Uh, she has a Doctor of Humane Letters from Drexel University, and she's a frequent uh, speaker. She's also been a frequent guest on TV and radio, and she has a great face and voice for TV and radio. I've got a great face only for radio. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Sharon. <laughs> so, Sharon, let me officially welcome you to uh, Business Radio here in the Real Estate Hour. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here on your show. Well, we're Very delighted, exciting. delighted to have you, and we're going to show all the aspects. I bet most people have no idea how much real estate goes into filming, both not just the location for the show, but where all the, the gear and the, and the film and the crew and the houses and the locations, and we're going to learn all about that. And especially, we'll have a teaser for you if you want to get your property or your home on a, on a, in a movie, um, you'll, get the, you'll get the ins and outs. So, Sharon... Welcome again. Why don't you tell me how you got into this business? Well, it's a very long story. I'll try to give you a short version, <laughs> We've Bob. got time. Um, I, I um, started out not in the business at all. Um, I started out really owning a boutique in Philadelphia, which was called Plage Tahiti. For our listeners, Plage Tahiti was uh, a, a trend-setting boutique here in Philadelphia and became actually had a very high profile in the whole region. So this, is, uh, this was a big deal back then. It was, it was a great time. Um, I loved doing it. I grew up in, uh, in uh, the menswear business. And so when I was trying to figure out what to do next, it seemed like a good idea to open a boutique because it was the only thing I really knew how to do. And I, um, I started designing clothes for my boutique for my particular customer, and that worked out very well. Before you knew it, I had uh, a collection called the Plage Tahiti, and I was selling it around the country. And now um, years are going by, and I want to change gears, and I sold my business and went to work uh, – doing wardrobe for television commercials yeah. and then for movies. And I was first call, as they say, in the business because 
other people could shop for wardrobe for commercials and movies, but if they if I couldn't find it, I could make it, and that was um, a unique experience in Philadelphia. They they didn't have that kind of of uh, technical uh, costume designers at the time, so. I moved from costume design to, um, in 1992, becoming the film commissioner for the then Philadelphia Film Office. Well, when you, when you were in costume design and wardrobe, because uh, you know, those are like Academy Award kind of positions in, uh, in, in film, I mean, you, you had feature credits. I mean, movies like the Sub- Confessions of a Suburban Girl, which even I heard of. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> <Christmas> <laughs> Susan Division. Seidelman will be very happy to know that. <laughs> on the Move, Renegades, Christmas on Division Street. Is that Division Street that I don't know of in, in Chicago? Uh, you know, it was one of those holiday movies of yeah. the week. Oh, okay. Uh, so I honestly don't know. I just worked on it for wardrobe. But, <laughs> I don't um, think I ever saw it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that you were you were really highly regarded, which is why when uh, our, our Mayor Good uh, was initiating the film office, you were like a prize catch. To... Well, no, I, I didn't start. Uh, during the good administration, oh, was I was doing wardrobe in those years. Oh, okay, um, and I, which I did for eight years, and then in 1991, when we were having a very important mayoral election, it was Ed Rendell versus uh, Frank Rizzo, Rizzo. Yeah, the legendary Frank Rizzo, who was trying to come back as mayor. He, um, Ed Rendell, was talking about economic development and tourism and bringing fresh money into the economy, and Philadelphia was in desperate need of it. It was considered in those days to be dirty, dangerous, and, and broke. And all of those things were true. Uh, Frank Rizzo died famously, suddenly. Uh, in the middle right, of the election. Right, yeah. the, right towards the end. And it was very clear then that Ed Rendell was going to become the the mayor. And because he was talking about the arts and he was talking about economic development and he was talking about the avenue of the arts and um, you know, really bringing fresh money into the economy. Um, he wasn't talking about film, and I was a union crew. I was on the executive committee, and I said to my friends uh, on this committee, I said, you know, we should go talk to Ed Mandel because he's going to be mayor, and he's talking about everything that's like us, but he's not talking about film in particular. And they said, okay, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for many of our listeners around the country, uh, you, may, you may recognize uh, Ed Rendell's name because he later became governor of Pennsylvania and then was quite on the national scene uh, during a number of presidential as chairman of the Nas- Democratic National uh, Conference. So uh, he's got, I mean, f- he took a real personal interest in this. Once you persuaded him about the economic value, and we're going to talk a good bit about that, of film production in a city or in a state, um, uh, address was, that a little bit. Because- he was very excited right away. Um, uh, he, I, I came to him with a proposal. Um, I'd never, I didn't really know him before. We sort of walked our dogs in the same area, but I didn't really know him. I knew who he was. Um, and I had him to lunch, and um, and I handed him a proposal for a regional film office and talked about what the benefits would be. And in those days, everyone was talking about regionalism. It was the right. the flavor of the month. You know, the counties should work with the cities. And, and so... Um, They're so still trying to get that Still to work. trying to work on that. <laughs> All over the country, <laughs> cities and counties and uh, suburbs. So I think he, he loved the idea. And he asked me for... It was like, if, if anybody knows Ed Rendell, he's, he's has a very strong personality. And he started banging his hand into his other hand and said, I need a business plan on my desk by Monday. And I said, okay. Um, since I had owned a, a business, I knew how to write a business plan. And um, thank you, Wharton, but I didn't learn it here. And so I, um, I provided him with a business plan and he started talking about rejuvenating the pretty much you know, non-working Philadelphia film office. It was just a, a civil servant secretary who was operating it for the last couple of years. So, so it was really like a permit office when it started. It's pretty about much, all it, it was, somebody wanted to like get a street closed or something to film a commercial or a film or whatever. Rarely, yeah, <laughs> if, <laughs> rarely. If that. If that. Um, so you you really took to it though with such energy um, because now, um, flash forward twenty five years later or so. 
we get the best movies are here. Well, I'm biased, but but <laughs> so, so am I. Yeah. But we do. Now we we have a a, a very uh, varied amount of activity. We we have everything from major um, feature films and television series to we work just as hard for student films, TV commercials, um, cable reality shows, where there's a very large indigenous film community in Philadelphia. So they not only just come here from elsewhere to shoot a film, but we have a community here that develops projects, um, really great ones uh, in every every area, huge documentary uh, community of filmmakers and TV shows and and um, and and independent filmmakers as well. Yeah. So most of our listeners will will recognize the Philadelphia from the Rocky movies. So from the very first Rocky movie through the Rockies and now Creed and Creed Two. God um, bless them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're 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 delighted. Um, but it looks amazing, Creed Two. The trailer is out now. Uh, and that was the music we heard that, from it when was, we we let yeah. in. I haven't seen the trailer. It's it's pretty awesome. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a plug. So we're gonna have. I guess you can get it online, right? You can. Yes. My kids know how to do that. Yes. I'll, I'll figure that out. It's but. all over Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. It's easy so, to find. So one one of the things, and we're going to talk a lot about the uh, you know for you know this this is a business ch- station after all, but the, but the economic uh, development that film leads to, and you were instrumental in getting the uh, Pennsylvania Film Production Tax Credit. Yes. Passed. Yes. Because of the overwhelming case for how well stimulating economically and financially film production is in a in a location. How did that come come about? Well, uh, it, it's really um, an interesting story. Be, in the in the mid nineties, the um, Canadian government was tr- there were no tax incentives anywhere, and, and then in the the Canadian government actually there there was. Um, uh, the, the U.S. the feds and the the U.S. government um, canceled um, uh, tax in, tax credits. There were you used to be able to get um, two for one and three for one and even four for one tax credits investing in real estate. As a matter of fact, yep. And they canceled those tax credits, and not not only did they cancel them, but there was clawback, and people were going broke because they had to pay the government back all that money that they made. Um, and so there was enormous disarray in this country, and the Canadian government said, wait, we have an opportunity here. It's a and vacuum to fill. It's a vacuum to fill, exactly. And so they created the first um, tax credit, which it was the Canadian government. It wasn't a state. It was the Canadian government. They said, well, if um, if American producers come here to shoot a film, we'll give them an 11% tax credit against their expenditures if they meet certain requirements. Yeah. And so the provinces said, all the different Canadian provinces said, we'll, we'll give them 11% on top of that. And Saskatchewan and Manitoba said, well, they're not going to come here unless we do more, so we'll give them 22%. Oh so before you knew it, like the, what we called this giant sucking sound, like all of the production started <laughs> moving up to Canada. Um, all the California work up to Vancouver and all of the East Coast work up to uh, Toronto. And it was panic time. And then for U.S. producers and for film commissioners. And then it started happening all around the world. There was, um, there was Australia, New Zealand, and England, and France, and Germany, and everybody started doing Offering credits, yeah. And we're the only country in the world, the United States is the only country in the world that does not have a national film commission. Wow. And because of that, film commissioners like me couldn't get anything going in, in uh, Washington, so we started doing it state by state by state, and that's why every program is different. Ah, so how did you, who did you have to, uh, getting things done in Pennsylvania is no easy feat. You know, we, we were talking about the cities and counties, but uh, somebody described, uh, I think it was James Carville, described Pennsylvania as Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Alabama in between. Um, Indeed. It's, it's, it's sometimes hard to get things done. Um, must so have been a, yeah. thank, thank you, um, former Mayor Ed Rendell, who was then, then Governor. Governor Rendell. And uh, it was with his help and support that we were able to do it. It would not have happened without him. And so the very first um, tax credits were in uh, New Mexico and in Louisiana in um, in 2003. And then there were five other states in 2004 that uh, that programs began. Pennsylvania was one of those. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the movies that we've gotten and some of the location issues. But before we do, let me just welcome any new listeners who have joined us since the start of the hour. 
You're listening to the Real Estate Hour here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. I'm your host, Bob Lane. We're talking to Sharon Pinkinson, the Executive Director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office and related programs. And if you have any questions, you want to join our conversation, please call us at one 844 wharton that's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. We're live on Friday, June twenty second. If you're listening at any other day or time, please email your questions at businessradio at siriusxm.com. So, uh, and again, our number is one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. That's one eight four four Wharton. So, Sharon, um, so we've talked about how you got into this business, which is a fascinating story, and uh, how you got the Greater Philadelphia Film Office launched from when no one was doing film offices of this this caliber. So the competition for getting a movie produ- who do, who do you go to when when or, or who comes you know who how do you market Philadelphia or Pennsylvania for um, getting a a film produced here or a commercial or anything else? Sure. Well, the, you know, there's a lot of reasons why why people choose a location. Um, back in the day, it was really all about location, location, 100% about location. Um, if it was a New York story, you wanted to shoot it in New York. Um, and if it was, you know, Hollywood Boulevard, it had to be on Hollywood Boulevard. But um, but things changed over the years. Technology changed. And the most important thing a film commission had to do was know what its assets were. So um, one of the ways that you explain those things is you have a location library. And, we, you know, we started out, all of us, with, um, you know, with photographs that we would mail to people <laughs> or FedEx overnight. And, and then there were color copiers. And, <laughs> and <laughs> it, was, it was really um, ancient history. Um, today we have digital uh, location libraries. We have um, tens of thousands of photographs that we're constantly updating because buildings are living and breathing things and they change. Um, we have we send out uh, uh, photographers. We shoot pictures ourselves, and uh, you could you. Could, most of us are using the same program um, to uh, uh, to log all of our our location library. So that's pretty universal. That's one thing that that you can do, and they're searchable as well. So so do you hear about? I mean, you must learn very early when a film is uh, looking for a location. You know, it's or, it's so it it varies so much. A uh, lots of times you won't know at all what it's really a relationship business. Uh, so um, you know, besides having getting the word out there about what you have that that would entice filmmakers, whether it is lots of prisons, empty prisons, you know, things the kinds of you know what are the kinds of locations that people need? They need schools and prisons, they need government buildings, they need um, certain kinds of vistas, they need farmland, they need tall buildings, they need, like, we double for New York and Philadelphia on a regular basis. We double for Washington, D.C. We're probably cheaper here than there and easier to close streets, it's, things it's, like it's that. For, that? All of, for all of those reasons. Yeah. For example, we double for Washington, D.C. all the time because it's impossible to shoot there. It's just right. too too complicated. Um, so, and we do a very nice job of doing Philadelphia as well. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, like Philadelphia. Exactly. <laughs> Philadelphia story. Um, so, uh, well, actually, the, the Philadelphia story, you know, is a different movie than the movie Philadelphia. Oh, of course. Of course. Philadelphia right. story is so way, way back. So the Philadelphia story was, never, was not shot in Philadelphia. Phil- right, right. That, that was <laughs> and the movie Philadelphia wasn't was- called Philadelphia until after it was completed. And, uh, it and was Philadelphia was the Tom Hanks movie. Tom of, Hanks uh, and Denzel Washington. Denzel exactly. Washington, one of those aid, uh, one of the first dramas. It was the very, it was the very first big fictional movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it changed the world with that one. That was during your tenure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, was it was coup. the first feature film um, from beginning to end, you know, with every single frame that was shot in Philadelphia under my tenure. So that was in 1992 we shot it. Yeah, yeah. came out in January 93. So Tom Hanks owns, owes his career to you, I think. Oh, sure. <laughs> I think I owe my career to him. Well, well, you have met, um, and I know this personally, you know a lot of uh, what we, you know, 
just uh, you know regular people consider famous celebrities, and you're just on you know casual first name basis. I've, I've been with you here in Philadelphia when there'll be an actor sitting at the next table and comes over and gives you a kiss. Hi, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> That's Michael B. Jordan, by the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, your your staff must be uh, really dedicated and that's me really excited to, to work in this industry I have the best staff in the world um, they generally come up as interns yeah and when they're really great and on the rare occasions that we have a an opening uh, we bring them on and they stay with me forever I mean I've I have a, a really great team and we're all women <laughs> oh well that's good <laughs> um, so can you take us through like from like from I hate to say cradle to grave, but from the beginning to when you're when you're attracting, um, and, and I think film is what we're mostly interested. By I know you do this for commercials and documentaries and other things, but so how does it start and all the logistics? Sure, um, it, well, it can start in a lot of different ways. I mean, at, when you've been in the business as long as I have, everybody knows you, so um, you know you you don't have to go out marketing so much. Um, because they know what you have and you have a reputation and they sh- that reputations, like in any business, are shared uh, within an industry. So everybody knows what you can get and they'll basically all get a phone call. Um, uh, I've gotten many phone calls recently saying, and often from producers that I've worked with in the past, um, that will that'll be line producers that will be like a first call and they'll say they're the ones who are responsible for how much something costs. Costs, yeah. So, um, so, um, so they, you know, I'll get a call and they'll say, you know, I'm working with such and such group, whether it's a studio or producers that that um, that whose names I know or who I've worked with in the past, and they'll say the first question is, what's the situation with the tax credit? Okay, <laughs> that's so the that, first question. So that turned out to be a pretty big deal. Oh, it's it's yeah. it's um it, it's everything. It, yeah. You know, it's. Bottom line is you can shoot anything anywhere nowadays, just about because of the technology. Um, the ideal so you place can is Photoshop to sh- in the Empire State Building or you, whatever you need. Well, but to- you, but we don't do that, oh. you know. But uh, but they do actually. Instead of photoshopping it in, what they'll do is if you're seeing it out a window in a, on a set, they'll do um, a, a photograph of it, like a very very detailed kind of um, photograph that you can see through and you and it you'll be able to look out the window and it'll look just like the scenery that's outside yeah, so the golden gate bridge or whatever whatever it is, it is. Right. yeah you you know that you can you can do um so they'll they'll want to know we'll fill them in about the tax credit make sure that they understand how great it is <laughs> and um and that they need to apply for it right away um, and then it's really about the, the locations. Locations are incredibly important. So, like I said, you know, prisons and schools and, um, you know, fields of corn, or is it fields of rye? You know, do you have those things? Like so, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, who's, well, he's a local, you know, he, so he favors here. But when you mentioned fields of corn, uh, wasn't one of his uh, movies in a cornfield? Yes, and um, in fact, um, it was um, what was the name of it? I'm sorry, the village. La- uh, or the, village. the village. You're right. Yeah. It was yeah. the village, um, and that, of course, could have been shot anywhere. Frankly, uh, but Knight likes to shoot, likes to sleep in his own bed at night, and frankly, um, really um, famous, powerful actors want to sleep in their own beds too, and a lot of times that that will determine a location. Oh, oh. Um, you know, we we did a pilot for a television series that was set in Philadelphia, and one of the actors put it in their contract uh, that if the show went to series, that it had to go back to L.A. Ah, because he didn't want to be here, or he or she didn't want to be here. Uh, Cor- they they wanted to be home, and, and when you're that powerful, um, that you have you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, well, actually, so that leads in some of the locations, not just what, what the, we're going to see on film, but I guess it matters, you know, wh- where you can house your the, the film crew. Absolutely. You know, where people can stay renting houses. I guess people don't want to stay. I mean, some films take months and months to film, right? True. Some Jim? do. Um, so the um, a lot of times if you're shooting someplace that's very rural – um, and you have to bring the crew there. Well, where are they going to stay? You know, you 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 can't put them in a 
in a Motel 6, right. um, yeah. you know, for months and months. So it becomes extremely important um, what kinds of accommodations they can get and at what rate because you've got a lot of different people. You've got everything from the above-the-line stars and producers and director to the um, to their local crew. How much local crew is there? If there's local crew, it becomes less of an issue. Uh, a lot of times transport. there's not local crew, and they have to bring those people in, and they have to house them. So the real estate issue is very important, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's such a boom in um, uh, extended-stay residences, hotels and extended-stay uh, residences in, uh, in cities all over the world now. So they're not just hotel rooms because you can stay in a hotel room for a week or two, but it gets pretty uh, old, I guess, if you're going to be there for months. Exactly. And even if you're not one of the above-the-line stars, uh, you've got to keep your people happy. Uh, it's right? very important. Accommodations are very important. So you have to have uh, uh, lots of different uh, variables and you know, lots of different levels of accommodations that can accommodate people for a long time and at rates that are affordable. It's, you, know, you, you don't want a day rate when you're staying someplace three months. So you're looking to, uh, I guess, to, to rent or, you know, people's homes, apartments uh, for housing as well as offices? As well as for locations and, and for, offices oh, and for, as well. So um, we got a call right away about a show that was coming in. And the first thing they want to do is come. They need office space. They have to come right away. And it's, you you know, how much office space do you need? Do you need 5,000? Do you need 10,000 square feet? Are you putting wardrobe in there as well? Um, does it have truck access? Um, you know, or where are you going to shoot? What, do you have a sound stage? Do you have a big uh, warehouse that would work for a use as a sound stage? And do, do cities um, evolve and change? I mean, is this a significant enough uh, economic generator so that cities will actually start physically uh, putting in uh, features that will be attractive for film production? I know we've just had so many here in Philadelphia. I, w I wonder how ubiquitous this is to cities around the, well, uh, around the country. A, a whole industry grows up around it. You know, uh, the making of a movie, for example, is really just starts out as a white piece of paper that with words on it. Somebody comes up with an idea and they write a script. And that's what starts the whole thing. So there's an entire multi-million dollar company that starts with the written word on the page. And somebody says, I like this story. I'm going to make it. I'm going to produce it. And then they, they bring it together. They, they either pay the writer or they, you know, they, or the writer comes on board on some other level. Um, and they have to hire a director, and they, it's producers, and then they have to hire actors, and, and then they have to hire a crew, and they have to find the location, and they have to get the hotels. I mean, it really just starts out with a piece of paper, and you have a multi-million dollar business with a lifespan of approximately a year, typically an LLC. Um, and so the, the business of this LLC is to raise the, is to raise the money. Somebody has to invest the money in making this and hiring all these people. And so they then finance this LLC and all of these hundreds and hundreds of people, including sometimes thousands of people. We had 10,000 extras on Creed II. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> How come I didn't um, get a chance to be an extra? Everybody had a chance. <laughs> believe me, Bob. If you wanted to be an extra, you could have been one. <laughs> and, so, um, and so they... Um, uh, so they they hire all of these people. They make the movie. They do the post production on the movie. Um, you know, get it ready to be on the to be on the whatever kind of distribution it, it's going to have. And then, as long as once they have all the deliverables, they give that to the investor, and the LLC goes away. Oh, well, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um you know, just exactly how people get their homes, you know, to, for filming and for all that. Sure. Um, I had a uh, Verizon commercial filmed in my house, I don't know, many, many, many years ago. Right. Um, and it was exciting for my kids. It was a bit of a hassle. But uh, <laughs> but we're going to learn a, a lot more about uh, how our listeners can uh, pursue that after we take a short break. So please stay with us, listeners. We'll con continue our conversation with Sharon Pinkinson, Executive Director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office. 
And if you want to join our conversation or make a call while we're on break, please call us at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. We're live on Friday, June 22nd. So please call during the break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, listeners. Thanks for staying with us during our short break. As you know, you're listening to the Real Estate Hour on Sirius XM Channel 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Bob Lane, an adjunct professor teaching real estate law and transactions here at the Wharton School by night, and my day job is I'm a practicing commercial real estate lawyer at Stevens & Lee. We're graced today with a great guest, as those who have uh, been listening, and welcome to new listeners, Sharon Pinkinson, the executive director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, and we've been talking about how that office got set up, Sharon's background, and uh, a lot of the location, location, location issues in, in film production, which most of us in real estate, we all talk about location, location, location. I don't think we think, at least I never thought of it that much until I got to know Sharon. So um, one of the things we were finishing, Sharon, um, was talking about how once a uh, film production or, or TV production or, or commercials come to town, they need a lot of different space, right, for, for housing Correct. for people, for, for locations for where, the, where it's going to be shot, for offices. And um, one of the things that, uh, and I think I mentioned just before the break, that years ago I got one of those slips of paper under my door uh, for a commercial, and we actually had a Verizon commercial film. Lucky you. Uh, yeah, I don't even think it was worth the uh, the anxiety, Sometimes but my kids it really loved is. it. But yeah. my kids loved it. Yeah. But but uh, it often is. So how does that work? What what would somebody do if they got there? You know, wherever they are in the country, that can happen. I gather. Sure. So if you if you some if you get a knock on the door or a slip under your uh, door that uh, that says that. Hi, I'm a location scout, and I am working with such and such a company. That's exactly how it started mm -hmm. for me. And yep. we are um, we're looking for certain kinds of properties to make this movie, the commercial, music video, whatever it is. And, um, and we would like to talk to you about possibly using your, your property, your office, your school, whatever it may be. And so um, the, you know, the question is, are you interested in finding out more? And what should be on that piece of paper um, is also some authorization that they work with the film office, you know, the film commission uh, that's local to your uh, area. It's helpful to have that because it's it's more legitimate. So that you I can, guess any any crook could come in there as a way of like worming worming their way into uh, your home. You well, you want to be you want to be very careful. Yeah. So if there if in the case of your if you were shooting in Philadelphia, they would always have on there. Um, that we are working closely with the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, and here is their phone number if you want to check it out. Uh, so if you get some slip that doesn't have that, um, now would that be true? Uh, is that because of our local uh, laws or permits? Well, or? That, this is something that we require in Philadelphia, okay. but I would say the first thing to do if, you, if it doesn't have that information and you want to find out more is to say, uh, you know, is to reach out to your local film commission, see if any of those names, if they know anything about it. If they know nothing about it, I would ask the film commission to do the research for you. Yeah, so around the country, if you don't have local controls, be well advised to uh, not just uh, get stars in your eyes, literally, and, uh, exactly. and jump on it. So, exactly. but, but let's assume you're past that. So you're past that, exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, you, is, you say, okay, the, the, what they want to do is they want to come inside and t usually come inside and take photographs, or they want permission to take photographs of the exterior. Maybe it's a prop large property. Maybe it's a big home. Maybe it's a farm. Uh, a ranch, it could be anything, and uh, or, or you know your office, and so um, you if you give them permission to do that to take photographs, and they'll use those photographs strictly for information purposes to show to the director, to show to the production designer, for the team to decide if they want to look further and come to see it with their own eyes. Yeah. Now, as I as I remember, and I've seen some of these before, they. Pay pretty well for this. Is is that? Do they? Well, it always depends on the budget. So one yeah. of the things that's very uh. important is to find out how much do they want to pay you to do what and for how long. So this has to be spelled out in tremendous detail, and that, that's something that we absolutely, whenever asked, 
um, help the the homeowner or the property owner to um, to know exactly what all the details are. How long are they going to be there? Are they going to use your furniture? Are they going to move it out? If you have fine art and you don't want it there, and it's a and it has a big budget, then you can insist that your company will take it out and or that they bring in a. Uh, you know, some big time company to uh, experts part who it know how to preserve store it, and, it and, and they might yeah. want to move all your furniture out and bring in new furniture. And so, so you want to know exactly what's going to happen and yeah. who's going to pay for that. You want to make sure that you get an insurance certificate. If you sometimes you need to be moved out of your property. Uh, if you if you live there, they want to take it over. They'll will they put you up in the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton. And yeah, we'll, is this for hours or is it for days? Is it for weeks? Uh, I mean, exa- all this what is happens, crucial. What, yeah. what happens to your life and then is it worth how much they're going to pay you? Right. And the, the bottom line is, is it worth it? Is it so, and, and there's lots of reasons why it could be worth it. You know, it might be because your kids are excited yeah. and they're going to be able to see what's going on. It may be because you want to meet the whoever the movie stars that are there and you're excited I'm not or, embarrassed to say that that would be a motivator for me It's a motivator yeah. for a lot of people yeah. uh, you know when when we were when we were um shooting with Bradley Cooper you know, huh. everybody wanted to to you know to to have him on the street, and the neighbors were coming out and baking their favorite you know goods and putting out food for the neighbors, and the crew was putting out food for the neighbors. It was was really. Was and we had really Jack fun. Nicholson here a few years ago, didn't we? Was we Jack? did, yeah. And he was in my neighborhood where I live. It was like, and I was walking to work, and he's like across the street getting. You know, with a couple of people getting yeah. coffee and the people get donuts, excited yeah. about it, or or you know, if they get stuck in traffic um, because of a movie, when the movie t- and they complain about it, when the movie's on the screen, so that's where I was stuck in traffic when they were shooting that scene. A <laughs> 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 negative becomes a positive. So, um, so the the you really want to get down to the to the details, and there should be significant insurance. Um, that you absolutely are certain will cover it, and that it's that it's um, from reliable people. It can also help because um, I, I knew we had had a number of uh, you know high level realtors and brokers, uh, you know both residential and commercial. Uh, if you're trying to sell your property, so right. if you had a film shot, you know all of a sudden it becomes uh, a little bit of a credential for that property. It frequently does. A lot yeah. of people will feel that you know if you had some big movie stars that made a movie in your apartment or in your home or. So like George Washington it. slept here. Exactly. Kind of <laughs> exactly. Bruce Willis slept here. At <laughs> least. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's – so um, – So you should look for advice if you have any questions. And hopefully your, their, your local film commission um, will be able to advise you. And one of the things that I would always want to know is how much is in their budget? Like what are they offering you? And, yeah. you know, are they going to be using – is a crew going to be using your bathrooms you know, are like, are they going to be bringing out honey wagons for the crew to, that that so that you know they can take care of their own personal needs? Can can somebody be proactive in getting their property um, if they think if they believe that it's a very attractive property for film per, or you know TV commercial whatever it is for either for housing or for sets or for whatever? Is there a way of being proactive? Is there a listing or uh, well, like Air? Airbnb or, you know. There is the, the Airbnb for or equivalent um, for us at the Greater Philadelphia Film Office is that we, there, there's a, a place on our website that says that you can find a location, which is that digital library that I was talking about before, or you can add a location. Ah. Just anybody can add a location. And so we give you instructions on what kinds of photographs we need, what kind of information about the property. One of the things that are important is what's across the street. Um, how much park? Do you have your own parking? Is there street parking? Is there truck parking? Um, you know, there's those all those kinds of things. How many square feet? And you want to see all sides of the house and both sides of the room. Um, so there's a lot of information. We ask you to upload digital photographs, and then we will then – Put them um, on our digital uh, library, and people will be able to search based on things that you tell us about it. Yeah. So for our listeners around the country, if that would, to the extent that they're near cities or or counties or areas that have film offices, uh, 
Go get your properties listed. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. You can make a lot of money. You can make actually. a lot of money. And in yeah. fact, I think there is. I don't remember if the rules are the, still still the same. But it used to be that your certain amount. We have to look that up, Bob. I'm not sure, but there's a certain mm. amount of money that is completely tax deductible for the use for your house. Um, uh, uh, there, I think there's a limit to it, but I think there's. You know, a, a I kind of feel like I should know that as a real estate we lawyer. Should look I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I'll report on my next show. <laughs> I'm feeling ignorant now. What a great idea! I apologize. Thing. I, sh- <laughs> no. I shouldn't have brought it up. No, no, no. But I'm I actually, I think that I think that the first hundred thousand dollars or something or wow. I don't know is is you know is, because it's offset by the cost of their using your property. It's not a profit in effect. Well, there a, you go. Set. Yeah, no, I get. I understand the. Uh, the, the concept of it, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's an interesting thing. So for our listeners, uh, go go make make find out. Make, uh, you know, this it might, budget. It, it yeah. may vary from state from to state, or mm-hmm. and yeah, because it'll be state tax as well right. as federal tax. Yeah. Right. So uh, anyway, let me just welcome any new listeners who have tuned in. Um, we're talking to Sharon Pinkinson, the executive director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office. I'm your host, Bob Lane. Um, Sharon, we've talked. You talked a lot about the, the tax credit and how instrumental that was in getting that passed, which you were um, totally responsible for in the moving force, and how that really leapt us or helped Philadelphia, this region, leap into the, I guess, the competitive market for uh, getting attracting film. Now it started in Canada, and it was, it's a good story. So, but what what's the uh, what we haven't really gotten into is uh, what's the return on that investment of that tax credit? I think you, you've generated for Philadelphia, and I give you personal credit, but the film filmmaking has generated for uh, southeastern Pennsylvania huge revenues, hasn't it? What, have, five billion dollars. Five billion dollars. Five billion dollars uh, during during my tenure. Yeah, it's been it's been great, and it's you know it's not just that economic impact that really stimulates the economy um, while the filmmakers are in town. But it has a very lasting effect. So in in Philadelphia, we've had a lot of films and TV shows uh, that have really brought fame and fortune, quite quite literally, to uh, to Philadelphia. And uh, uh, you know, we as we always say, you know, it it really supports tourism and it supports it's a, it's a cool city. You know, if your city has filmmaking in it, it's a much cooler city than a city that doesn't have filmmaking I think in that's, it. That's true. And so young people will want to be there, and they'll want to live in a cool city. Um, and it really supports tourism because, for example, in Philadelphia, they don't call them the Rocky Steps for nothing. <laughs> you know, they don't call them the Steps to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. For our listeners around the country, Philadelphia's uh, Museum of Art, Philadelphia Museum of Art, is probably one of the most highly regarded major art museums um, in, in the country. Um, and people do come who are into arts all over to, to come to art, the Barnes uh, Foundation, the Absolutely. Art Museum, uh, the Rodin, a lot, the culture here is terrific. But, and they go to a lot of different cities for different reasons, but what Sharon's talking about is after the Rocky movies were, were filmed here, there was a bronze statue of uh, Rocky with his uh, raised uh, uh, boxing gloves on in the pose that he had after he ran up the steps of the art museum in right. that first movie, and many of our listeners will remember that uh, remember that movie. So they put that statue right at the bottom of the steps of the yes. art museum, yeah. which is a little bit of a uh, controversy in terms of uh, you know the intelli- the arts intelligentsia. You no, know, I don't think the, it's a controversy not anymore. anymore. No, no. I remember when it was. Yeah, it's. I think that's all over. I th- if you if you come to Philadelphia, you're probably going to want to go there, and you will find day or night sleet, snow, rain. You'll find lo- lines wind. of people waiting to have their photographs taken <laughs> exactly. in the statue. Yeah. I drive by there all the time. There's always a crowd. It's it's a lot. Never of fun. not seen a line. I've yeah. never not seen a line. Yeah, yeah, and and so that the the. the and that's just one indication of the, of the tourism when you see the city hall and you see how you know, the city's looking beautiful. And that's true of San Francisco and New York and many, many uh, – I mean, we all see the car chases in the streets of San Francisco, you know, because of the, the hills, right, going up and down. Sure. They so, still go to the diner in Silver Linings Playbook to sit in the booth with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence sat. Yeah. That's they a, wait in line to sit there and take pictures. <laughs> So, so actually, for a lot of our listeners, and because this is business radio, so we've got people who are just enjoy, enjoy film and real estate. But if you're entrepreneurial, um, you might 
actually, you know, and, and if your area does not have a film office, Sharon, I'm sorry if I'm making competition for you. But, no, uh, no, no, it's, no. But I it's, want the people to be protected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, this is a great economic generator. And uh, if is. you don't have that in your region, you might uh, put together uh, some effort to, to, to create it. Because... Uh, so, so what are some of the, the so we, we I mean, the dollars, where does that $5 billion come from? Tourism, spending? Um, well, it's, first of all, it's the direct spending. It's really, it, it's, uh, it's all the direct spending, which obviously we're able, especially when you have a tax credit. So you're talking about requires the, an audit. The direct spending from that so film the direct spending and not then the and no then coming. and then yeah. there's and 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 then there's a very nominal multiplier because for example if you're uh, you know if you were shooting in a let's say you're shooting in a rural loca- location and somebody's got you know a couple of motels and they bring people in and that all of a sudden those put motels are totally full. And they have to bring in um, extra people to do the laundry, extra housekeeping, more food. Uh, the the you know they were buying food for the crew. We were on the set of Creed Two, and we were bringing in some state legislators to show them how important this is to the economy. And the woman who was in charge of craft services brought out her little ticker tape of her receipt that she had gone to a wholesale place just to buy the snacks. That's what craft services, that's daytime, all day long snacks for the crew in, be, in between the meals. And it was a $6,000 receipt, and she had gone three times. So six, approximately three times $6,000. Wow, wow. So, I mean, just in terms of food, that's just one item. Um, you know, you like I said, you start out with a piece of paper. So that's not even counting all the people who come to see the Rocky statue or who come because Bradley Cooper. No, no, we don't count that. No, no, this is just the direct spending. The direct spend, and then all, and then the the, the really obvious um, uh, economic impact that comes directly from the film. Yeah, and 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 for for listeners who uh, some some of whom have heard a lot of my shows, we have had on people uh, who have talked about uh, economic generation um, and stimulus from real estate development and. Uh, tax incentives in other areas, um, and one of the things about multipliers, just for those who who aren't 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 following, is that if if somebody earns a hundred dollars um, based on something that they wouldn't have earned otherwise, that's a hundred dollars they're going to spend. So it's not just the hundred dollars that's spent at the donut shop or the, the the diner or the hotel or wherever but then those people have more money to go and spend and so the the tax you know usually i think it's something like two and a half times uh is a multiplier that people use for new money that comes in or is new money that's spent it's, it depends in every industry yeah. and it's it's an imperfect science but yeah. uh, but you know anywhere from um you know two to three percent there are some people who i think over Estimate oh, because sure. it, and yeah. they'll and I, I I I we try to be conservative because we want we want to be believed and we want to know that it, it's as accurate as it can possibly be. So we don't we never want to ever overestimate. So so we don't have that much time left, but we do have some. To, um, what what are some of your favorite movies that have been filmed here? What 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 has uh, been really exciting for well, you? Well, you know, number one for me will always be the movie Philadelphia because yeah. we changed the world with that movie, and it was you know, and and I got to be friends with Tom Hanks. You know, I mean, uh-huh. it was like I was it was just really it was it was great and. Also, Jonathan Demme, um, who passed away last year, so uh, was a friend of mine and made came back and, and made Beloved in Philadelphia. And he was, that was a great uh, friend. That was with Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey, uh, yeah, yeah, Danny Glover. Debut, yeah. So, um, so those were two very important to me because all of the people involved were amazing. And uh, getting to know Oprah Winfrey was, you know, it's a very, very special thing. So. That you know, that's some, but but you know, all of the Night Shyamalan films. I mean, it's just been um, remarkable. Uh, every you know, every single one of them, and the one that he's just finished shooting now, Glass, which is um, coming out this fall, um, is is the third film in a trilogy uh, that started with Unbreakable, and then Split, and now we're which was an amazing movie. And so really excited about Glass. So and then all of those stars are ju- just been those been really fun um, movies to work on. It's always great to work with Knight. Um, I remember when the Sixth Sense, which most of our listeners will remember, that was his first big big. That was 
just a movie many people have seen many times. Yes. Um, but um, the street where the, uh, the, the the mother and the and and, and the boy are and, and the the woman was killed on the bike. That's one of the. That's a street here in Philadelphia that most of us recognize right here in Center City. Well, we only recognize it now. A lot of now, people oh, didn't know. Of that, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. It was a strange, strange street. Yeah. Um, sort of like the Trading Places uh, block of Delancey Street. Exactly. Was Trading Places before? Uh, yes, that, that was, was the, before my tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's an old one. It's yeah. a great, great movie. So, what what kind of challenges have you had? I mean, so we, what, those are favorite move uh, because of the, the the relationships that you've made and how, well, what they did for Philadelphia. You know, but sometimes you lose locate. Sometimes you you know you just can't get a location, or sometimes they'll want to do um, a, a, a stunt that the city just won't allow, um, and or sometimes they'll come through. So we've gotten lots of. Lots of projects here because um, SEPTA, which is our Southeastern Pennsylvania Transportation Authority, right, yeah. um, they've yeah. been incredible partners to us. So, uh-huh. you know, partnerships with organizations are are great. And so um, they don't have subways in a lot of cities and or they won't have certain kinds of transportation lines that are available to shoot in and training to people to be able to work on the third rail. Um, uh, and so yeah. um, SEPTA has been extraordinary. We've gotten uh, you know a, a lot of business because you can shoot in the subways in in Philadelphia or on the elevated trains. I, uh, and, and when you think about it, because you know, especially when we all see movies and we see these car chases, you know that that are like, how do they film those in the city? You know, it's like, what do they close down the city and? Well, and that's very challenging for a city. You know, you want the business, you want the jobs, you want the room nights, but um, but sometimes you know the government has to say no. Yeah, do, do you and then you into, lose the jobs. Do you run into that? I have video? run absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, every that's what it, that's what production's all about. It's it's problem solving. Yeah. So um, what's what's come? What's in store for us? Um, Anything um, inside information we can well, get? Well, uh, Night Shyamalan's doing a television series um, that is as yet untitled. That's going to be um, uh, come. That's we're going to start shooting this fall. Um, we have quite a few um, movies that are in the process of applying. As I said, we just wrapped three movies, so this is the the period of time when we're starting pre-production. We have a movie starting next week, a, a little independent film that's uh, called Made in Chinatown, and there's uh, uh, there's a couple of really big projects that are hovering and writing, filling out their, their tax credit applications, and the tax credits are the coin of the realm, so that's... Well, 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 it may, we, may be that we're going to have to like offer our, uh, you know, we have a special house here in Philadelphia, my wife and I, which uh, you've often said uh, would be a great location. Well, for, it's on our, it's on our, uh, on our uh, Real Scout library. So. Oh, is it? I'm not sure. I want to, I want some people in there, but in any event, we are coming down to the end of our show. And uh, Sharon, this has been really just terrific. Thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Um, but uh, you've been listening to the Real Estate Hour. On business radio, powered by the Wharton School on on Sirius XM one eleven, I'm your host Bob Lane. I want to thank our very generous guest again, Sharon Pinkinson, the executive director of the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, for all this great time and and challenging and interesting uh, stories. I also want to thank our producer, Patty Hall, and her stand-in today, our program director, Patty McMahon, as well as my sound engineer, Danielle Bruno. And we have a new trainee with us. I want to thank you as well. So please tune in next month, next week for the Real Estate Hour. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bob. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 